God, I hope this works. Welcome to the Sports Honchos Radio Show, part of the Go Sports Media Company Radio Network. We're hoping you're here because you've just about had it with everyone and everything else, and you're looking for a pair of good-looking guys to tell it like it is, like it was, and how it should be. Or maybe you've got nothing else to do right now and you just need to waste some time. Either way, you might as well turn it up because it's time for the boys to get in your face, under your skin, over the top, and out of bounds. And now, here are your honchos, Paul Cuthbert and Robert Cuny. Are you ready, Mr. Cuny? I am plausibly live, Mr. Cuthbert. Well, then let's go! Woohoo! Wednesday night, baby! April 28th. 2021 episode 30 sports honchos paulie in new york everybody say hi to our good friend mr robert cuny in the great state of maryland how you doing buddy greetings and salutations everyone we made it this is our 30th episode a little bit of a delay in getting out of the starting gate but we made it to number 30 and we are live this evening we are we, we weren't are. live last week i don't we know weren't. if anybody cared but we cared because no. we like being oh, alive. Well, there were a few anxious texts. Okay, there was one. But, you know, <laughs> that's more than zero. So people did notice, hey, wait a minute. Where's that white noise? I'm used to it. You know, Wednesday nights at 730. White noise, by the way, my uh, nickname in high school. <laughs> hold on, hold on. There you go. Oh, man. Yeah, um... I mean, it's not going to matter for everybody listening on the downloads and everything like that. Um, and thank you for listening. We appreciate it. We do. Um, yeah, Paulie's having some technical issues here at the uh, the big studio here, the mammoth studio here at Go Sports Media Company. And I had to rearrange my uh, my setup here. So, you know, I'm sure you heard at the beginning it's, you know, when I said, God, I hope this works. Well, this is basically yeah. what it's, what's been going on here. Um, right. What would you call I, that, Rob? In, in Houston, they have a problem, right? Or you know, uh, right. you can go to any right. of your favorite. Houston, um, have a problem. Any of your favorite movies that have a very tense, stressful situation going on, which is ridiculous. We definitely, right? We definitely needed a bigger boat to quote uh, Dick or uh, Roy Scheider in Jaws. <laughs> yes, that is that is definitely true, and um, we just we're mo- missing some of the right components. But anyway, we're here. We're happy to here be we here. We are. And, um, yeah, man, episode 30, this is crazy. Lots going on in the sports world as it the is every dirty week. 30. The dirty 30. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, well, well, I mean, it's 30 episodes, Rob. I mean, how do you feel about this whole production? I mean, should we do a 31st, I guess, is really the, the honest question we need to well, ask ourselves. Uh, you and I would love to do a 31st, but if technology had its way, I don't know. It seemed like it was trying to tell us. It didn't want us to go to 30 tonight, but we, you soldiered through. I shouldn't say we. Paulie soldiered through. See, look, here's how it works, to peel back the curtain a bit. I, Paulie has, does the heavy lifting with production and technology and computers. I just sit here, click on my microphone, and you know, bloviate for an hour and a half to two hours. And you know, Paul makes us sound professional. So I just 
this technological snafu is just for me just waiting, waiting on bated breath. So big thanks to Mr. Paul Cuthbert for getting us to that 30th show. And I'm glad you you're, you're I'm I'm thankful for your incompetence with the technology because then, oh, you, would, it's then totally you wouldn't need me because I know you're only hanging around here because I know how to press the buttons. You, the, know? you know what? I've always said that about you, Paul. You know how to press my buttons. <laughs> hey now. So yes, a uh, big big thumbs up. And I'm a yeah, total total technological uh, incompetent when it comes to this stuff. So, in but fact, for the first couple damn episodes, handsome. I didn't even think I was on the air. <laughs> but you're damn handsome and that makes up for a lot of things. I am. I am damn handsome. So that's how I get people to do my bidding. I just give them my, my warm, friendly, and oh-so-toothy grin, and people just fall over themselves to do whatever I want. Uh, well, enough about you. What do you got? Let's on talk the, about me. What do you got? Yes, <laughs> enough about you. Let's talk about me. And, and what have you got on the uh, cold open for us there tonight, right. buddy? So this is big news. Actually, it's, it's the big news is what's related to this semi-big news, but Domino's. Perhaps you've heard of them. They Once do or twice. We like to call it pizza. Uh, the singularity, my friend, when we become one with technology, has taken a step closer to that goal. Uh, this week, this is from our good friends at CNN. This week, Domino's is rolling out a robot car delivery service to select customers, speaking of Houston, in Houston. For those who opt in, their pies will arrive in a fully autonomous vehicle made by a company called Neuro. And here's how it works. Customers in the Woodland Heights neighborhood of Houston can choose robot delivery and receive text with updates on the car's location and a numerical code that can be used to retrieve the order. Once the car arrives, the customer enters the number on the bot's touchscreen. The door is open to serve the food. Now, let me just say there's so many things that can go wrong in that chain of events <laughs> Wait a second, is Tesla, is Tesla running the robot cars? Boy, I hope not. <laughs> so many things can go wrong. First of all, it's a robot car, so Lord knows what happens if it gets lost or there's some sort of a hard drive, some sort of malfeasance, some sort of calamity. And then what if the touchscreen doesn't work? What if it just, you know, it gives you a few seconds to get the pie out of the robot car and then it drives off into oblivion? So good luck. To the people in Houston. I'm curious to see how this works, but to me, uh, the biggest news, of course, is not that Domino's is rolling out robot cars, which is big news, robot pizza delivery vehicles. The bigger news is what's coming along with it, because now, we all love are the robots. Are the robots vaccinated? Boy, I hope so. <laughs> Hopefully they've been double vaxxed and they're not, uh, you know, no AstraZeneca or Johnson Johnson vaccines. Anyway... We're rolling out with these robot cars is a return to the 1980s with a little nostalgia because we know that there are no new good ideas anymore anywhere. So why not bring back a beloved character, a beloved favorite from the days of yesteryear? That's right, the Noid. For those that were that grew up in the 80s, like Grandpa Paul and I, we remember that Domino's <laughs> had these commercials with the Noid who was there to mess up your pizza and prevent Domino's from getting you a hot, fresh pizza in 30 minutes or less, which they don't do anymore for safety reasons. And for those who have forgotten the good old days of the Noid pizza commercials, we have one, hey, served up hot and fresh just for you, I think. You ever been frustrated because the Noid ruined your pizza? The Noid loves to ruin pizza. Whole Domino's Pizza. 
We are boys of the Noid. We keep the Noid out and all this quality in. Taste the quality. Domino's Pizza delivers in less than 30 minutes. You know, I want to say something about the quality yes. of that clip. Uh, had That's, nothing. To, had nothing to do with us right. here. It's it's was, like really a, an old. They actually put the old like vintage buzz in there. Yes, <laughs> I was just going to say the same thing. In fact, that that is some quality standard definition entertainment for you. Uh, so yes, standard what? Can you explain back. that, Mister Cooney? What is that called? Standard what? Standard definition for all you kids out there who are used to TVs being the width of a quarter. And having a crisp picture, which you can see all the imperfections. Back in the good old days, TVs weighed about a thousand pounds, and everything was blurry. But other than that, it was super entertaining. So you know, you can Google standard definition. Anyway, uh, the Noid's coming back. It'll probably be updated for a 21st century look. But to me, robot cars are not bringing back the Noid is a great idea. Until I've seen about four or five commercials, and I get completely sick of the Noid and realize that's why they got rid of this character back in the 1980s. It was so, pretty good animation, though, for that time. It was. It was very good animation. And there's a you can if you go down the YouTube rabbit hole, you can see about four or five different uh, Noid commercials. So stay tuned for those. And if you see a car driving through your neighborhood recklessly, <laughs> smelling like pepperoni pizza, get out of the way. <laughs> Uh, just be fascinated just to sit back, you know, tomorrow, the next couple of days, Rob, and just sit there and ponder. Remember when Rob asked people to go and watch Noid videos? And to yep. think that somebody who listens to the Honchos says, you know what, I'm going to take Rob up on his offer there and do a little search on the old tube and see what happens. Well, remember to direct all your complaints to the Honchos hotline. That's 911 <laughs> if you have any complaints. <laughs> Ask for Officer Crump. <laughs> All right, it's time to get this sports show on the go here at the Sports Hot Shows. Episode 30. Let's go to the rinks, the hardwood, and the diamonds for a little hockey, hoops, and hardball on the Hot Shows. Rob promised me he was going to clap today. Come on, buddy. Woohoo! Uh, he's doing a finger clap. It's terrible, folks. One of these days, one of these days, I'm going to knock his teeth out is what I'm going to do. Yeah, that's a pretty far reach from Long oh, Island. Man. The Germans. Woo. Buddy, lots going on, man. Uh, baseball season is cranking. Hoops and hockey, they're heading towards the playoffs. Yep. All kinds of storylines. It ain't boring out there, Rob, I'll tell you that much. It certainly isn't. It certainly and, uh, isn't. Should, let's, let's just get this out of the way. Before we go any further, yes, please, let's do because I think you're thinking this. Won a championship in almost forty years, and the Yankees have three thousand of them. Okay, we got that out of the way. Now we can get back to the sports. No, hold on, hold on. Can we get a I'm current holding. score in tonight's game? It is in the fourth inning. It looks like it's going top of the fifth now. Yankees are up five nothing. Outstanding. Five nothing. All right. Do you want me to I break down all the said hits? It was, I believe somebody said it was April last show, and we shouldn't read anything into it. Uh, believe me. But our two are teams gonna, are playing each other. We're going to be looking up at you guys when the season is over. I, I'm sure of that. But, hey, we, we didn't get you, swept. As long as you know where you stand, <laughs> Mr. Maryland. As I said, let me repeat. A breaking news, everyone. Hold on. We have a, I wish we had a breaking news sound effect. Breaking news. 
The Orioles still haven't won a championship since 1983, and the Yankees have again like eight million of them. Okay, uh, I tell you, right. I listen. I, you know, I I know you don't listen to our shows back. I know you don't because you can't stand them. But I listen back, and I it was pretty, that was pretty damn. Funny I hate the last sound week. of my own voice. What do you expect? <laughs> There's some good stuff. All right, buddy, where do you want to start, man? You want to no, drop the puck? Just... You want to shoot a three, or you want to knock one out of the park like the Yankees are doing right now? Uh, we usually start with hockey. So uh, somebody, somebody, call your brother and let him know that the uh, the Caps are back in first place in the Mass Mutual Eastern Division. Good, uh, good weekend series up in Nassau. Although actually was here, we actually had fans, fans in the uh, Capital One Arena for the first time since the pandemic hit. A couple thousand of them, enough, you know, enough to make a ham sandwich. Well, that's nice. That's uh, progress. Yeah. Yeah, it was a good-looking game the other night, the one nothing victory. So, you know, the high we are steaming towards uh, the playoffs. Also, I, I saw the latest on who they're mocking to the Seattle Kraken when they have their expansion draft, and I was sad to see that it looks like team favorite, TJ Oshie, will probably be the one that the Kraken pluck, and, and they might make him their first captain, you know, for that – Face of the franchise, veteran leadership, all that Michigas. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we'll see if they can put a team together that goes right to the Stanley Cup Finals, like they did with the Golden Knights. Nah, there's a little, there's a little. That's gold dust out there in Vegas. I don't think that's going to happen in the Kraken. You know, no. So, but we hey, shall look, see. nice arena. They're working on that. They're building that thing. It looks pretty good. The Islanders mm-hmm. Arena out here on Long Island is is almost done. They're uh, testing the outlets, I believe, right now. <laughs> are they going to – do you know, are they going to play – so they're just going to abandon uh, – I mean, they don't – they still play in Brooklyn, right, while they're no, waiting for the – No, no, Brooklyn's done. It's done. Okay. Yeah, so where done. are they playing now while they Coliseum. wait for the new – Le Coliseum de Long the Island. old Coliseum. All right. But it was refurbished. Man, you, you, you – wait, hold a second. You, you don't know it was refurbished, right? I am out of touch with where, yes, certain teams play. I Last I heard, they were in Brooklyn. They were building a new Nassau Coliseum, but I thought the old one was just wow. a pile of rubble. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm looking at you, ladies and gentlemen. I'm looking at Rob. It's Shocking. Just like, this is like talking to somebody who just arrived here from out of the country. That's well, crazy. I am out of, I'm out of Long Island, so I might as well be out of the country. So what they did was a couple of years ago, they, they went in there and they took a you know brush and some paint, and they, they've – Clean the whole thing up. They refurbished it. All new seats, outer, you know, but, the, you know, so if you, when you envision the outer casing of the Coliseum, the gray concrete, that's all covered now. It's gone. And it's kind of, a, they used the similar design somewhat, some of the uh, uh, accents of, of what's on the Barclays Center right now. It's got that feel. It was built by the same designers, I believe, or refurbished by the same designers. But it'll be interesting, I think, if even the Coliseum survives. Uh, they had shut it down. The, the Islanders weren't going to come back. There was a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on here uh, in between COVID and everything else. But, yeah, no, the, uh, they're back in there, even with the capacity now, the expansion here in, in, in uh, Long Island, New York. So they've had fans in the games. So it's been great. Island Ranger fans in there for the last couple of games and stuff. So all good stuff. But, yeah, the, uh, the new arena is opening this fall, baby. All They're right. booking music acts it, and everything, man. Where is it located as in, in relation to the old Coliseum? Well, have you ever flown over the Belmont racetrack, my friend? 
I've heard that once or twice. Have They've you had ever a driven on the Course races. Island Parkway here? No. Yeah, well, it's uh, on the outskirts of Elmont there uh, where the uh, racetrack is. And they built right. it. They dropped it right in there on just on the rim. It's going to be all part of it. And they got shot. It's all going. It's really nice. The the building's beautiful. It looks gorgeous. You can go and check it out. The UBS Arena. Um, and yeah, they're ready to go. The roof is done. Like I no. said, they just got to connect the outlets, get the power going. Just, just promise me that what you call it, the USB the UBS. 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 You're gonna just call it the Nassau Coliseum and be done. No, they can't, man. Gone. Done. Well, we don't owe UBS anything. Hey, at least it's not IBS for irritable bowel syndrome. That would be horrific. Hey, look, as long as they never hang a championship banner in that building, I'll be happy as a New York Ranger fan. So, look, I'm very excited for them. I'm a Long Islander myself. I can't wait to go to the thing and check out some games and go to some concerts and maybe some Disney on ice. But, uh, you know, hopefully there'll be no championship banners over there. And the way the Islanders are playing lately... Doesn't look good. Rangers and Islanders go out at this weekend. Six games left for the Rangers. Uh, pretty much, uh, I think almost six. I think the Bruins have a couple extra games in hand. But the East Division here with your Capitals flip-flopping here with the Penguins. Hey, buddy, the Penguins, man. Got to give them credit. Yeah, they, they, they're they making a charge. Again, we seem to be we seem to play about 1,000 games against them this season. I know we're ending the season against them. I thought we were done playing them. But we got that could be a very important series coming up to end – the season. Or hey, look, man, it's, it's unbelievable. It's uh, 50 games in the books here for pretty much most of the teams. Uh, yeah. And it's almost over here, and then the playoffs start, and we'll go from there, and it should be an incredible tournament. Um, whether or not your team is in it or not, if you're a hockey fan, you have to love what's on deck. And, uh, yeah, we're already thinking about, uh, you know, the playoffs and who's getting uh, in there. Anything on the playoffs? Anything you want to talk about as far as where that's going? Well, we do have uh... – some I don't want to say bad news, but once again, COVID rearing its ugly head. Oh, come there's on, an man. issue. There's an issue about if the, when the playoffs start to extend into June, um, what to do about Canada and the I say eliminate all the teams right now. They haven't. There hasn't been a Canadian well, there's, team there's been years that, that won the cup themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but since we have the way the playoffs are going to work is. The, the teams within the division for the first couple of rounds will play each other. And then the final four, the winner from each division, will then go on to play each other as we get closer to the Stanley Cup finals. But the problem with that is all the Canadian teams um, are not – there's no back-and-forth travel allowed, um, especially with Canada facing some more COVID issues, some more outbreaks. Um, so as it says – the opening, uh, da, 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 as I read to myself, sorry about that. What does um, U.S. Da, 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 da mean? Is that Canadian? U.S. That teams, Canadian? Will be pro- U.S. teams will be prohibited from playing in Canada at mandatory quarantines that would be impossible within the postseason calendar, which will be formatted in the traditional 2-2-1-1-1 home game schedule. Canada has a 14-day quarantine for anyone who enters the country, although it did cut it down to seven for NHL players who were traded to a North Division team this season. So they made that exception. But I don't think they're going to make an exception for the – Back and forth travel for the Canadian team that comes out of the Nova Scotia uh, Canadian division. Of course, they're going to make an exception. Well, but the problem is they can make an exception, but um, apparent according to Isaac Bogach, and yes, I just I, I gave it a little. Wow. 
there yeah, for Thanks him. a lot, man. Appreciate it. An infectious disease specialist at Toronto General Hospital has consulted with the NHLPA, said Canada is, quote, not messing around on the border issue at the moment as the nation is facing a third wave of COVID-19. Two months ago, Canada started implementing quarantine hotels for international flights landing in there in Canada, and this week it stopped accepting flights from India and Pakistan as they experienced another COVID wave themselves. Uh, the Blue Jays still can't play in Canada. They were in Florida until minor league season begins, and they're going to Buffalo. So he doesn't believe that there will be any sort of an exception made. Now, what they could do, there are two scenarios being discussed. Um, the first is negotiations with the Canadian government, led by Bill Daly, who's the second in command to Gary Bettman. Uh, the country giving the team special dispensation to travel back and forth across the border, or if the Canadian government does not allow that dispensation, the North Division champion would be relocated to U.S. City for the semifinal round and should it advance the Stanley Cup final. So they'll have a limited bubble like they had for the playoffs last year, except instead of being in Canada, like it would be here in the United States. Have them, they're going to make this work one way or the other. Of course they are. There's, they're not going to be out of the playoffs. It's just they might not have games beyond – the intra-divisional games in Canada. And it seems to me it'd be an easier road since it's one team from Canada and three teams in the United States just to move that Canadian team, you know, somewhere close to the border. Well, let's look at this real quick. Let's, let's if that's look, what they decide let's to do. Let's look at the North Division here, get out of here. All right, so look, Toronto's going to get in, Edmonton's going to get in, Winnipeg's going to get in. And unless Montreal just completely falls apart here, um, they'll be in too. Um, so that leaves out Vancouver, which, you know, as far as them as a city and what they went through with their COVID situation, you don't have to worry about it. Um, I don't want you to have to worry about it. Calgary out there in the West. You know, Ontario is the big problem that they're having up in Canada right now as far as COVID and everything else, and that concerns the Leafs there. Um, but those guys have been playing no issues. There's been no, um, no slowdowns or whatever. And Edmonton and, you know... Winnipeg, same kind of situation. So, look, you know, this is it's like anything else, Rob. We 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 should know by now. We're all COVID veterans, as far as all of yeah. us in the sports industry and watching the way the leagues have adapted things and made things happen. And if you if we can use anything as an example, the Vancouver Canucks situation, which, as far as I was concerned, there was no way they were going to make that work, and they made it work. Yep, no so, one's done it better than the NHL. And by the way, I'm just reading further in this article. Um, the speculation be the popular notion is that if Toronto comes out of the North Division, that they would they won't um, they would play the games in Buffalo because it's geographically located. But <laughs> apparently, poor Buffalo man. Apparently, bad enough. <laughs> the what the NHL is going to do is if they do the plan where they move the North winner into the United States for the Stanley Cup playoffs or their Final Four, I should oh. say. Um, it would be the geographic location of the opponent to cut down on travel costs. Can you so imagine? They won't play... Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. I was going to say, they're not going to play – whatever team comes out of the north will not play close to their Canadian home. They will play – they'll bubble in next to their uh, opponent's home. So really, there is no home ice advantage for whomever comes out of the North Division under this second part of the plan. Which, you know, as a dyed-in-the-wool American, I'm okay with that. You know what? You can eat it, Canada. <laughs> well, look at this scenario. Let's say okay, by some chance, let's say by I'm some ready. chance, Toronto comes out of that division. Maybe by and some they, chance. And they, so and there's they, a good chance, but okay. No, no, there's, no, they're a bunch of pretty boys. 
if they come out of that division, right? right. Um, and they end up playing in Buffalo. <laughs> now let's go a little further. And let's say they win the damn thing, right? So the Buffalo fans will have a Canadian team go to the Stanley Cup Finals and win the Stanley Cup Finals in their building. And then the Canadians, Ugh. who haven't had a Canadian franchise, win a Stanley Cup since 1983, 1993, end up winning a championship in an American city. I mean, how awful. Right, the book. My, how awful for my Sabre friends. You're right. They're the first championship won in Buffalo <laughs> won't even be their own team. Uh, so I hope in oh, that cool. worst – well, it's not going to be in Buffalo. But Don't worry, it but it's was, not going to happen. It's not gonna I would only Toronto. hope that they would win not in Buffalo because that would be brutal. Uh, that would be just awful. You're right. What a terrible thing. Again, likable team, likable fans, likable city, and not – in Canada. I think Edmonton, oh, one last thing. Go ahead. On, uh, I was going to say, I think Edmonton or Winnipeg comes out of the division. I don't think Toronto or Montreal are going to make it. Go ahead. No, it would be not. You know what? I, I just feel bad for whoever comes out of that division in all seriousness because they're already disadvantaged. No matter what scenario they go with, there's going to be some sort of distraction. Hey, that's what happens if you live in Canada. You know, you could live down I, here. Yeah, you know, you're right. What am I saying? I'm sorry yeah. that I was nice. Go back to my there original you go. Thank you. Canada and can eat it. Every, oh, okay. man. Hold on. We don't, don't forget. Don't go too I'm far, sorry. Rob. We I'm are on the We are the Deep Blood Network, which is based in the mother country of Canada. Let me – let me. okay. We'll fix this in post-production. Let me clarify. All of the people who don't listen to us on the vast Dean Blundell Network – and all of Dean Blundell's oh, friends I just got and a text from Dean. Oh, you're in trouble, man. Oh, man. All the people on the outskirts. A lot outskirts, of profanity in it. <laughs> all the people on the outskirts, they can eat it. You all can eat it. Greenland. We can all agree <laughs> that Greenland can eat it. Okay. Maybe that's where they should send the North Division winner. They can play their home games in Greenland. Wow. Certainly a lot of social distancing and not by choice. Okay. Um, one last thing. The start date for next season. Is next uh, unlike week. The, unlike the NBA – the NHL is making concessions for the fact that this season is going to go longer than normal. So they're going to start a week later. They're going to have the full 82 games. And unlike the last couple of years or Olympics, uh, the NHL will be back for the Olympics maybe in 2022 and 2026. They have to work it out with the NHL Players Association, the IOC, the International Ice Hockey Federation. The plans are to allow the NHL back into the Olympics. And so – there might be a slight change in the schedule because if there is an Olympics that the NHL participates in, they have to take uh, a week off to allow for players to go to the when Olympics. When is that supposed so, to be held, the next Winter Olympics? Good question. I do not know. <laughs> well, uh, you break this thing up and you don't even know when no, they play it. Who cares where it's been? It could oh, be held in my backyard. On, they, still need to take, they still need to take a, a week-long break. And by the mm. way, if the Winter Olympics are held in my backyard, that would be awesome because I don't actually – have a backyard, <laughs> but they can have it here. The Winter Olympics will be somewhere on planet Earth. There you go. Are you looking it up now? It's saying Beijing 2022. Because when you think winter and winter sports, <laughs> the first thing that the first city that comes to mind when you think hot chocolate and ski lodges, you think Beijing. So, so there luck. is no way that that's not happening. Scratch no, that off your travel list. It's not happening. The Chinese will brainwash people to think that it's a winter wonderland. Because, you know, they're communists. <laughs>
Okay, so let's You're see. offending I've everybody offended, tonight. I've offended Canada and I've offended China. Who's so next? What other well, country? The Rob Curie of Chad offensive tour. Chad is next. Another country that begins with C. Don't mess with Chad, man. I'm they're just they're next. You have three or four people who listen to the honchos in chat. Okay? Yeah, we do have some listeners. On one here. radio, by the way. They're all huddled around it. <laughs> An old Philco. If anybody knows what a Philco is, yeah. well, I think a Philco is a television. They're having trouble getting pizza, though, because that gnome is yeah, to live in the, the robot cars are yes. uh, not making it. All right, so they're going to play Puck in a couple of weeks before the end of this season starts, and we'll see what happens. And then we don't know if they're going to go to Beijing. You know, yeah. We could be at war with China by then. Come on. Well, after what I said, sorry, everyone. <laughs> Let me just apologize now. All right. Sorry. All right, let's leave the ice. Let's just move on here. And uh, you want to talk some basketball with some injuries here and a couple other, uh, you know, some social media stuff going on again out there, Mr. Cuny. Yeah, I, I just I, – I'm going to start with the, the more heavy topic, the uh, LeBron James tweet. Um, as we know, recently – this was actually over a week ago – we had another police shooting in Columbus, Ohio – with a white officer killing a black teenager um, and without getting into the specifics or making any value judgments about what happened, uh, LeBron James decided to tweet uh, with a picture of Nicholas Reardon, who was the officer that shot and killed uh, Makia Bryant. He tweets a photo that says in all capital letters, your next hashtag accountability with an hourglass emoji and then the, and the picture of Officer Reardon. Now, the tweet was removed not quickly enough, but it was removed. And it's only, you know, 50 million followers that LeBron James has or almost 20 percent of the United States population. So that's, you know, not bad. That's a few more followers than uh, I have. So uh, without getting into how dumb it was and whether you should have done it, which you shouldn't have, and it was dumb, my question is this. The league has done nothing. And I know. Let's get past the fact that he's, you know, the biggest star in the NBA and one of the biggest stars on the planet, recognizable from every corner of the globe, but no discipline. I mean, none. I don't care that he took the tweet down. I don't care that he he sort of apologized, but not really. But there's been zero discipline. And as long as we're going to play fair and balanced, last time I checked, that is inciting people to violence and quite directly i might add when you say your next hashtag accountability with the picture of the police officer you're inciting the ignorant out there to say oh lebron james told us to go out and find this officer and you know give him the what for so didn't twitter just like banish a whole bunch of people for stirring up trouble and inciting violence and spreading false information and yet last time i checked LeBron James still has a Twitter account, not even a suspension. Look, I know people who have been suspended from Twitter just for saying something that was mildly offensive. I'm not talking about myself, Mr. Cuthbert, of course. But this is not only wrong and stupid, it's offensive and dangerous. And it's just not a good look when one of the most prominent citizens of this planet says to people, go out and take your revenge on this police officer. Even if you take it down, nothing on the Internet is ever gone. It's always it's going to exist forever. Screenshots, videos, news stories, newspaper stories, 
It's out there. Nothing is ever really deleted. The internet is undefeated in that respect. So I, I'm disappointed not only, in the, not only in the NBA but in Twitter itself, the hypocrisy of Twitter. And people ask, why does the media and why does Twitter have such a bad reputation and other social media platforms? It's, this is why. You can't pick and choose who you like and because you like them, you're not going to apply your rules to them. I know that's how the real world works. I get it before people start calling and saying, but he's LeBron James. There are special rules for him. Okay. And what would have happened if someone had gone out and taken their revenge on Officer Reardon and said, well, LeBron James said it was okay. And I got it on Twitter because Twitter has gotten rid of all the bad tweeters and only left on the ones they like. I don't think I took a breath during that rant. I apologize, everybody. I'm going to take a sip of water now. It's okay. But I'm a little salty. Well, you should be. You know, I I don't I don't, I don't know when this is going to end. I don't think I you know it's just to have it. You know, did, did, has LeBron made a statement or anything? Um, well, he did after he took it down. Say, um, anger does. I'm going to read it. Uh, the quote. So it's it's there's a couple of grammatical uh, errors. Anger does any of us any good. I think what he meant is anger does not, but he said anger does any of us any good. That includes myself. Gathering all the facts and educating does, though. My anger still is here for what happened that little, what happened that little girl. My sympathy for her family may justice prevail. I'm so damn tired of seeing black people killed by police. I took the tweet down because it's being used to create more hate. This isn't about one officer. It's about the entire system, and they always use our words to create more racism. I am so desperate for more accountability. Now, uh, the sentiments. I understand, but the way that he expressed them and, and his apology was because people saw the tweet, not because he tweeted it, which is – there's a big difference between I'm sorry that I did this and I'm sorry that people saw it. It ranks right up there with the I'm sorry if you were offended sort of apology. So again, if he had just put those tweets out – the two that I read and didn't put the your next hashtag accountability, it would be, you know, people would say, again, thank you, LeBron, for voicing your opinion. You have a unique platform in this country, and people do look to you. But it all is torn asunder by the first tweet out there, in which he is. That's the very definition of inciting people to violence. We spent a, a long time a few months ago discussing insurrection and inciting people to violence. And the fallout on social media after what happened in, on January 6th. And I'm not equating the two, but in some sense, inciting violence and inciting insurrection is what it is. Whether it's one person or a mob of people. So I just – I'm very I'm, – there's a lot of disappointment to go around for how this was not handled, how this was swept under the rug. Sort of like – it was swept under the rug when Daryl Morey made his comments about China and he found himself, you know, almost banished from the NBA. But we can – that's a discussion for another time. I've already done enough damage to China tonight. Yes, you have. You really, really have. Look, I guess this, this whole thing – look, the double standard, the – There's I don't, no easy solution. No, there there isn't an easy solution. There isn't an easy solution. No. 
It's very, it's very frustrating. It's very complicated. Uh, media today, stars today, real world stuff that happens every day on the streets, on the corners, uh, in towns, on highways, every state in this country, and and that's what we're focusing on here. You know, and the way things, the political temperature in this country. It's incredibly, you know, unfortunate. Now this is this has been going on for decades in this country. It's it's much more it's it's different only in the sense now that there's social media. Right. And there's more people now that have platforms. And let, let's just say people in the sports world or people people in the entertainment world have more effect on social social media temperatures or social media uh, directions. You can even talk about the former administration took full advantage of their power at that time, okay, and caused lots of trouble, lots of problems, serious, serious problems. And then, like I said, you have people, whether you're a musician, whether you're a sports star, whether you're an actor, any anything, whether you're a, a billionaire or you own a car company or a spaceship or an airline, you know, this is the thing. Or, like last week we were talking about, too, a football team. You know, and and the everyday people that are out there, and that's the thing. So if you put LeBron and and people of power and people of influence on top, who who live in on hills and in mansions, who look down upon everybody, and then you have the people that are in the streets. Those are the victims, as equal to the good and bad, in terms of keeping people safe in this country. Yeah. You know, um, it's not, it's, it's, it's very, it's very, it's very hard. We lost another officer here on Long Island. Um, and I know, you know, people of color, uh, lose their lives all the time. And it just, it, it's, there's, there's so much, there's so much stuff that isn't reported. And, right. you know, when, when you, on the, um, when, and when you're just average people, of any race, color, or creed, and you're just out there being a good good citizen and a good person and abiding by laws and respectful to things, and you can have disagreements with things and you can be upset about things. Um, and I think that's probably the only way maybe the American society or most decent societies survive is that the majority of the people are, are decent people and do follow rules. And there are extremists, and then there are people who can ignite those extremists. No matter what side you're on, and that gets back to what you were talking about before, and that gets back to the double standard, yep. and that gets back to accountability, and it does. It sends a terrible message if you are going to um, bang your drum all day for action on these individuals and are wrong, probably more than, say, a few people on the other side, but that's where you hope those people will be better. I think LeBron made a terrible terrible mistake with this post now granted there's a lot of emotion there's a lot of uh focus on this these issues and we're talking about people's lives here and as equal to this particular situation of all the bad situations that are out there this officer at this time you know and this is a debate you can say hey look it looked like she was about to seriously injure, if not kill, the, the other person involved in the incident. And an officer has, you know, a decent officer has very, you know, few seconds to make a decision. Right. And, and I, I think people are going to, 
no matter who's involved on either side, police, officer, victim, there's a tendency now to look at all of these situations as another George Floyd. That was a, an awful, terrible injustice that had there was no excuse for what the officer did and, and justice was served as we saw in the in the the verdict that was handed down recently. But not every shoot every police shooting follows that same template. And so in this case, as you brought up, there was a split second decision made. There was somebody with a knife. There was perhaps a life in danger and the police officer had to respond. Again, I'm not going to litigate what happened or say who was right and who was wrong. It's just a different set of circumstances. And Adam Silver, the commissioner, had a golden opportunity. The commissioner of the NBA had a golden opportunity to say, look, we respect the police in this country. We respect the rights of our players to voice their opinions on social justice issues. In fact, we encourage it. But we do not encourage reckless, inappropriate uh, in, you know, uh, texts that are tweets or any posts on social media that incite the same kind of violence that our league is standing united against. And right now LeBron James is injured. He could have made a token suspension knowing he's not going to play anyway. A fine, which for him is pocket change, and say, look, you know what? You can't come to the uh, to the Staples Center. Yeah, because Rob, with your you know what? I think ultimately, games. ultimately, this has nothing to do about what's right or what's wrong. Unfortunately, here it's about image. It's about perception, and it's about well, the image. image. They took a huge hit. The NBA then, if that's yeah, the case. well, you know, did they? You know, well, whether it- they admit it or not, I mean, look, you have like any league, you can have your hardcore fans that don't care what their players do as long as they you know show up on Sunday, Saturday during the week, whatever it is. Then you're going to have the people that are hardcore against it. No matter what you do, they're never going to come and and enjoy your sport for whatever reason. But it's the fence sitters, the people that you're trying to convince on a Tuesday evening to come, you know, lay down some shekels and watch an NBA game or go watch an NHL game. And so they think they see an incident like this and see the NBA's response. And those fence sitters start to drift their way over to those that have entrenched themselves and and never wanting to have anything to do with the NBA or the NHL or Major League Baseball, NFL, whatever it is. You know, the court of public opinion has two sides, and they have to remember the NBA that everything they do is going to be judged from both sides, not just from one side. It's just another missed opportunity. There needs to be more dialogue. There needs to be more um, compromise. There needs to be, you know, you know, who – who am I or you to speak to anybody to say, hey, I wish you would do this. I wish you would do that. They're they're either going to do it or they're not going to do it. But, you know, I mean, it, yeah. would, go, it would go. Look, um, you know, look, they, so- they whiffed. They whiffed on anti-Semitism in the NBA, whiffed on anti-Semitism. They whiffed on human rights violations in China. They've whiffed on uh, homophobic slurs. They've whiffed on anti-Asian slurs. And they're not the only okay. sports league they're not, but, that but, has but, failed. But, but they're in the spotlight big time over this. You're right. They're not the only ones. In fact, all the leagues have failed on those things that I mentioned. See, here's the thing. You but say when it's you a put big... yourself – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I know. This is good. It's good back mode. See, I, I don't think – you know, you nailed it. It's been swept under the rug. 
And yeah. most people are going to go on, and they, they know that. I think they absolutely know that. I, there's just not enough people. Because you know what? So many people have entrenched themselves on one side that they can't turn around and say, ah, that was wrong. You know? When you put yourself out there as the, the shining light of social justice, as the NBA has, you, you, you have to be mindful of these missteps. You can't keep stepping on a rake and have people say, well, it's okay because you do all these other things that are good and great and shining. And, and, and it's just – I got to just say one thing, man. I got to just say one thing. Look, there are there, – there, you know, as far as the policing in this country uh, and, and the racism and, and the wrongs, it's real. It's true. But there are so many and they outweigh the number. There's so many damn good cops out there. There's so many great, amazing people in law enforcement that every day that we don't see it. LeBron James plays basketball, okay? And, you know, these guys and gals go out there every day. Um, you could sit here and have incredible debates on it in terms of, you know, their preparation, training. Every city's different. Every incident is different, whether you're a highway patrolman, whether you're a P.I., uh, you know, whether in homicide, you, you break it down. And if you were to sit down and, and, and it's just courageous to do it. And yes, there are a lot of police officers out there that work in sleepy towns and they've got cars and they've got guns and nothing goes on. And they like to keep their sleepy town a sleepy town. And then there are just metropolitan cities and there are guys and gals out there that risk their lives all the time. And the, cla- the clashing with sports athletes who are, they get paid ridiculous amounts of money. To play a sport. And this is where it gets, you know, angry. And yes, it's, it's not to, not to in any, every life is important. Um, Black Lives Matter, I, I support it. I'm, I hate racism. I hate racists. You know that about me too. But there are some damn good people out there. The people that work hard and people go out there every day and, and leave there. You know, they, they go out with the intention to be good people and to save people and make a difference in people's life and help people. There are rescues Amen. that happen. There's rescues that happen every day. They save lives every day. And unfortunately, yeah. like I said, it comes down to uh, community relations. It comes down to working together. It comes down to outreach. It comes out to diversity and leadership. And unfortunately, 2021, this country, as great as it is, and for the most part, it, it, we are a, a, a good people, but man, we have our governments, our leaders, uh, community, they failed in so many levels that unfortunately it's still happening like this today. And you know, you and, and this brings us back to a basically a billionaire basketball player threatening a guy who probably makes less than a hundred thousand dollars a year, you know, who went to try and save somebody else's life and had to make and a split decision. The only split decision that LeBron James has to make is whether or not he's going to shoot from this angle or pass it or anything else. And that's the thing I mean, that gets me make, upset. Make no mistake. Um, but first of all, yes, everything you said, we don't, we are slowly and maybe not even slowly devaluing um, the importance of police officers and how the overwhelming majority of them are they're starting to resign good and, and, are and, good at their jobs you're losing your and, recruitment right. numbers are down to that's the other thing and people do their understand. jobs and do them well and do them admirably jobs that most people would be afraid to take it takes a certain amount of guts to be put in that position and even if officer reardon didn't follow procedure 
even if it turns out that he shouldn't have done what he did, if a court decides that, if a police review board decides that, whatever, it does not justify threatening him. And it does not justify putting him out there as a symbol of other officers that you can take your aggression out on, not in the sense of the preposition. That's where the real danger is. And I'm not, nor do I want to say that, you know, I'm not going to get into this, you know, LeBron James shouldn't say anything. Again, the bigger picture also is... He shouldn't say anything stupid. No, he shouldn't say anything stupid. That's what it comes down to. I'm glad that if... If you want to get a message out, a good message, not a bad message, sometimes these the, the most notorious people, and I say that in a good and bad way, are it's great when they put out these kinds of messages because you got to say the people that you're trying to appeal to, you got to know your audience. And it's great that athletes now feel empowered to use their voice because it's a big voice. It's a well, you could probably voice. say, Rob, that that's but, why he tweeted that because he was tweeting right. to a certain but audience. But – you have to temper that with a certain amount of responsibility and everyone has a boss. We all have bosses we work for and the NBA players work for Adam Silver and the rest of the board of governors that run the league. And every once in a while you got to reel somebody in and I don't care how good you are at your job. I don't care how uh, upstanding you are. Everyone needs to be reeled in once in a while. And it doesn't mean that you're shunning LeBron James or telling him not to tweet or saying don't use your voice or we're not – no one's saying you know, shut up and dribble as was you know, said over the summer. We're just saying, you know what? Everyone makes a mistake and the people that you work for, work with, have to bring you back. Take you back from the brink every once in a while. Doesn't mean that a month from now we won't say – we won't applaud something LeBron James has said. Or any other athlete. I don't want to make this just about LeBron James. There are plenty of athletes out there that use social media to get out their messages, but it doesn't mean they can't be monitored. It doesn't mean they can't be filtered. And that's the problem. I believe the NBA is as much at fault here as LeBron James. Maybe not as much. as Pretty close. Look, I've said this before. Pretty close. We've, when we talk about most of these, if not all of these leagues, they don't give a shit. At the end of the day... It's about keeping everything copacetic so the money keeps rolling in. They say the right things when they they think they're saying it. it's all wash over. It's do this, shift this, move that, all this, whatever. But at the bottom line, the people that keep these teams and these guys rich are us. It's the fans, right? And you know, and it's funny you say that. If time permitting, I did want to actually talk about why American fans should be ashamed of themselves. But we might, if we you know, time permitting, we might have to do that for next week. But I, I'm I'm mad at fans. <laughs> but Ooh, I can't wait to hear that. More on that. that later. Well, you know that's enough of the NBA. I don't care about the injuries. I know it's here in the show notes. Um, just an update: the yeah. Yankees are now leading six nothing, and that is in the top of the seventh between the Yankees and the Orioles. Uh, Can I deep, just say I was deep, right? Deep, deep we, stuff there. A, I was right about the injury thing. That's really all I wanted to say. I just wanted to pat myself on the back when I predicted that this condensed schedule. Fewer games, but in less days to play would result in injuries and more load management. And I was right. There you go. That's the whole nugget on NBA injuries. All right. Thank you very much. All right. So speaking of the Yankees beating up on the Orioles tonight, again, the score is 6 nothing in the top of the seventh. Um, let's talk about uh, your feeling. We haven't gotten into this yet, but uh, 
you know, here we are a couple of weeks into the season. What do you think about the um, the guy on second base? Oh, oh, by the way, hold on. This just in. This just in. Wait. Uh, we have breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. No way. Uh, yes, the Orioles have not won a championship oh. since 1983, see, and the I, Yankees I, you know, have a million of them. See, because I know you're going to mention like no, four or I didn't five know. times. I, look, I'm, see, now you complained last week about staying in the times, right? So I took right. that. I took that. I said, you know what? Maybe Rob's right. Let's talk about the times. And guess I what? The Yankees are winning six nothing. All right. I just want right. to beat you to it because I know you're going to rub it in my face. Okay. Um, so uh, one of the rules that was carried over from the pandemic uh, last season, the pandemic 60-game season, was this starting the extra innings with a runner on second base uh, in an attempt to starting with the top of the 10th in an attempt to – not make overtime games, you know, bleed into the next morning. So, so they started doing this um, this season, and there was an article in the Athletic in which they looked at how it's working, like looking back at the last few seasons and how many games went uh, ten innings or less, or well, how many extra inning games ended after the tenth inning, as opposed to going 11, 12, 13, whatever innings. So uh, they went back to 2015, looked at extra inning games that were exactly 10 innings. So they got the comparison is, does this idea of putting a runner on second base to start the 10th inning really speed things up? So in 2019, let me actually do it in chronological order. 2015, 41%. 2016, 40%. 2017, 48%. 2018, 46%. And 2019, 44%. Again, games that went exactly 10 innings of an extra inning contest. Last year, it was 68% ended after 10 innings. And this year, so far, there have been 31 extra inning games, and 26 of them for 81% have ended after 10 innings. So the rule's working because we've gone from, you know, an average of, say, 45% to, you know, an average of over 70% in the last two seasons when they've tried this. So, yes, it, it gets you out of the ballpark, you know, before you have to go to work the next morning. However, I don't know that I like it. I don't know that I like changing you don't the like rules. it. Yeah, yeah, you're like me. We're the old guys here. You don't like the messing with tradition. and No, and, I don't. You're right. I, 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 and I don't, don't feel bad about it. it. Stand up for yourself. I hate it. I don't like it. Thank you. I like, I like my games that drag on to 20 innings. And, you know, you, you by the time the game ends, you just go right to work the next morning because it's already 8 in the morning. You might as well go to go to the ball game wearing a suit for your you job. Know, you know what day. gets lost in a lot of this stuff, too, is, is the, you know, the late starts, the games. You know, the kids have been totally taken out of watching the game. Especially oh, that's the, been that in, way forever. evening and the playoffs and all that other stuff. So, again, you know, who's this benefit, benefiting, you know, more than anything, you know? Getting more, if one game ends, maybe those people will watch another game for advertisers or right. now with sports gambling, digital gambling, one game ends, they can continue betting on another game. You know, look, I don't care what anybody says. They can they can call it this or that about speeding the game up and all that other crap. It's about money. It's always about money. And they're just test, testing this shit out to see how much money they can make, which would change and and anything else, and and back and forth, and that's what all this thing is. And you know the, what? Um, they got nothing else to do because they're swimming in money. The um the author of this, the person who writes this baseball column every week, said he, he said maybe they should they should 
load the bases to start the 10th inning, or perhaps because he, he was saying this tongue in cheek because he doesn't like it either. Um, this whole runner on second to start uh, the 10th inning, maybe do something progressive. So you start a runner on first in the 10th on second in the 11th on third in the 12th runners on first and third in the 13th, second, third in the 14th and bases loaded in the 15th. Should it ever get there? Now, again, he's being, how about you just have a tie game? Tongue in cheek. Yes, a tie game or just keep playing until somebody wins or you run out of players. Or if the game is tied after the ninth, the last out, the two benches clear. And they fight to the death on the pitches, man. Whoever's <laughs> left standing. Well, and that, that would bring in views. That's now, see, just somebody as, should call that, me. I'm a moneymaker. Think of that. That is, that is just as wacky as what the Pioneer League is doing. Top of, bottom of the ninth inning. The Orioles and the Yankees are tied at six. With this last pitch, if the Orioles don't get a run here and the game ends up tied, you can already see the players now getting ready at the top of the dugouts to rush them out. And then with, you can have... With bats. You can have with the winning bats, pitchers, like war, right. the movie The Warriors. Come on. Right, and the one who's left standing, whoever's left standing can look at the crowd, say at Camden Yards or at Yankee Stadium and go, are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? And think how it would speed up the development of the younger players because now you'd have to bring in young guys to replace the guys who have to go to the hospital. That'd be great. You expand the, the turnover would be 50. amazing. You expand like the, the rosters to fifty. Wait, wait. I, I see where you're going here. We can get some old style hockey goons and have a special ten man roster just for the big dukeroo well, at the end. See, now, the now we're getting crazy. So now you're talking about like uh, you know GMs going out and tweaking their lineups, right? Right. You know? Just give us a guy that's all muscle. I don't Tom Wilson is retired, retiring from the NHL next year, but he just signed a long-term contract with the Cleveland Indians. Yeah. <laughs> Get some of the – you know what? They can have a special coach, like say a Marty McSorley, to coach these guys. And, and his to, position uh, on the team is yes, is tie game specialist. <laughs> right. Exactly. Tie game Wouldn't ending specialist. There you go. Give him a bat, buddy. Oh, wouldn't uh, that be great? Or they laugh. could try it out, say, you know, Marty McSorley and Donald Brashear to uh, go at it, just like in the good they old get, days. They could get, look at this, they could get UFC involved. Like a cage, like if it's if it's a tie game after the ninth inning, they drop a cage yeah. while the guys are running out. Man, who, see, who was, now, now we're talking oh, pay-per-view dollars. I was just thinking, and Todd Bertuzzi from the Canucks, the old Canucks oh. player, would come out and See, now we can extend hockey. Look at that. We are making money for uh, retiring hockey players. We're yep. juicing up the baseball game. I mean, think of the fear. The guy that's at bat, right? They'll go out of their way to make sure they get a base hit. Exactly. And the pitcher, you want the to, pitcher it, yeah. ooh, he might throw a softball. He might. Yeah, that would be anyway, great. That's, you're right. Anyway, that what, was, what we're getting to here is we're both not happy with the guy on second base yeah. for extra innings. <laughs> so, but at least not the Pioneer League. The Pioneer League has decided – uh, to replace extra innings with a sudden death home run derby. Woohoo! That's almost as cuckoo nutty as having you know two players duke it out on the pitcher's mound to decide who wins. But the, but they've all, they're lighting the bats on fire too, though, right? Uh, that would be cool, but no, no. Uh, under the terms of the new rule, each team will designate a hitter for the session. Each hitter receives five pitches, and the winner is determined by who hits the most home runs. If the hitters tie. The other hitters will be selected for additional rounds until a winner is declared. And jack Please. this thing up. One of the five balls is an actual hand grenade. <laughs> oh, boy, that would be great, wouldn't it? Or 
four of the five are hand grenades. Oh, you never know. Now you're talking, Mr. Cuny. See? Um, they also uh, have another couple rule changes. Uh, designated pinch hitter rule for to allow a player who hasn't previously entered the game to pinch hit for an eligible roster player who is then allowed to return to his defensive position. So pinch hitter, a pinch hitter comes in for, say, the second baseman, and the second baseman is then allowed to take the field again so he doesn't lose his spot in the order. I think that's a great idea. Um, I don't know why they don't port that up to the major leagues. And then they have the altered check swing rule, which allows hitters to appeal strike calls to the umpires, to the base umpires. So instead of just check swing, a full swing, you could look at the first base or third base umpires and say, Oh, my God. That I go you imagine all being a kid. You learn the game. You grow up. Right. And then you end that up one, in the Pioneer League, and you right. have no effing idea what the hell you're supposed to do. Right, and they're gonna they're gonna have a they're gonna have a three man umpire crew to increase because they want to do this silliness with the altered check swing rule. That one stinks. That one sounds like bring a blanket and a pillow if you're gonna go to a Pioneer League game because those games are gonna drag on forever. I, the home run derby is stupid town, but just stupid enough to be entertaining. Uh, but I do like the um, – you can have a pinch hitter without losing that person's spot in the field. All right. You so know, there you um, go. Paul, is, has, uh, Paul has his glasses off. That means he's serious. <laughs> I'm just – like, I guess the, the thing is, I mean, are you are you a big Pioneer League fan? I, I, no, I'm, I'm Are you going to be not. watching any of these games? No, but I think it's that – Do you give a flying shit about this league? Uh, no, not really. The Missoula Timberjacks, the Helena oh, Brewers, the reading of the, the Boise Hawks, the Butt Copper Kings. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not the Butt Copper because I had some Butt Copper a couple of weeks ago. Man, it was itchy. Okay, you scared me for a minute there. The Medicine Hat Blue Jays. See, I would get a medicine hat, Blue Jays, you know, the Grand t-shirt. Junction Rockies. The Orem. Where the hell is Orem? Orem Owls? Isn't that in... Where are we I don't know. You ought to teach it. The Missoula Paddleheads. Well, that's it's a freaking. It's a goddamn moose in Wait, a boat. Just rowing the Missoula the Paddleheads? <laughs> yeah. Billings Mustangs. The Ogden Raptors. The Great Falls Voyagers. The Ida... Oh, my God. How am I going to say this? The Idaho Falls Chuckers, C H U K A R S. The Chuckers and the, the Rocky Chuckers. Mountain Vibes. <laughs> oh dear lord! I like the Mother Chuckers and Orm is in Utah, by the way. Oh, we've done it, man. Oh, I've done it. I've the Paddleheads and every the Mother fan. Chuckers. <laughs> we've offended everybody affiliated Good. with Pioneer that's, that's the goal. We're going to do a live remote from uh, Orm, Utah. Yeah, or butt copper. Butt copper. Hey, everybody. Come check out the live butt copper. Talk about itchy. Oh. 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 Speaking of itchy. And that will take a moment. Yes, sir. Speaking of itchy. Speaking of itchy. Do 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 do. Speaking of itchy. Um, it's uh, you know, it's uh sponsor time on a hot show. Ah yes. Be quick about it there, cutie. 
I can't time tonight. Hey, flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to chop those weeds. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim your holes safely and efficiently, whether you're an Orem or an Ogden or Missoula. <laughs> I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped, the global leaders in men's blow-the-waist grooming, have an exclusive offer oh. for our audience. Use the code HONCHOS20 to get 20% off and the dreaded free shipping at manscaped.com. Join Free shipping. Join the other 2 million men all over the Pioneer League who trust Manscaped. They are here to make sure you are trimmed and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Because spring has sprung and Manscaped has the best tools to get you ready. You know, I was recently using a Zippo lighter and some flypaper to rid myself of someone's sightly nose, nose and ear hair. Once again, I found myself searching for an answer. An easier way. Rubbing the rusty menorah, not a euphemism, for an answer. And I will tell you that Manscaped is that answer. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed their grooming game with their amazing products. They are here to help you with your above-the-waist holes, too. So that's right, friendos. North and south of the equator, Manscaped has you covered. Have you heard of their Weed Whacker? Their nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent Stevie Nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Hey, now. Did you say Stevie Nicks? I did say Stevie Nicks. Wow. Or any other member of Fleetwood Mac. No more (laughs) gross nose hairs flying in the wind. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000, not 8, not 7, but a 9,000 RPM powered, motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Wow, that's a lot. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. Speaking of incredible hygiene, Polly, Manscaped has formulations to keep you fresh and ready for everything that comes your way all day. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting also to get hot a very outside. popular farming equipment. It's starting to get hot outside as well as down there, which we do not speak. Uh, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your leg. That's legit worst. There's nothing worse, by the way, yes, than when you're sack. Actually, now you have temperatures sack, going up. Sack stickage. Sack stickage is the <laughs> Is that a word? You're is also that a term? The, the crop reviver. Spray-on toner for your balls, which will keep you smelling fresh down there, just like spring flowers. Let me just add parenthetically, I don't know of any flowers that smell like... Just don't put the toner on in public, creator. whatever you do. Speaking of smelling fresh, complete your grooming game this spring with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. This stuff is legit and will have you smelling like royalty with your majestic balls. The cologne is light, approachable, and gentlemanly, just like Polly and I. Woo-hoo! In all the right ways, you'll be the talk of the next quarantine hang. Smell good, feel good this spring. And as always, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at manscaped.com. Yes, sir. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. And again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HONCHOS20 at manscaped.com, H-O-N-C-H-O-S number 20. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Just as we thank Manscaped for... Sponsoring this high-quality showgram. We do. Thank you, Manscaped. And thank you out there for using the code HONCHOS20. Or your balls. Outstanding. Woohoo! Phenomenal job there, Mr. Cooney. Thank you. Sponsor time here at the Honchos. So, um, 
You want to talk a couple more baseball items here? You want to move on to the National Mediocrity League? I do want to just – can we talk about Madison Bumgarner? Absolutely. And, and his no-hitter, quote-unquote Hey, no what's hitter. his nickname? Uh, Mad Bum. Oh, I like that. Hey. Mad Bum. Hopefully it's Manscaped Bum. Um, look, <laughs> you know me. I'm a defender of the defenseless. I Woo. take up causes that nobody cares about. So I still, to this day, uh, 11 years, almost 11 years later, believe that Armando Galarraga pitched a perfect game. Because you know what? Technically speaking, the runner at first base was out, even though umpire Jim Joyce said that Jason Donald had actually reached base safely when he was clearly out. 27 up, 27 down, perfect game. See you later. So to me... Armando Galarraga will always have that perfect game. And there's no same thing here. Armando, I wish I was named Armando. Same thing here. Madison Bumgarner threw a seven-inning no-hitter, won the game, complete game. Now, seven innings, you say, but it isn't a baseball game, nine innings. Was there a rain delay? No. Was there some sort of blue law that had them end the game early? Heck no. Was there an outbreak of... An outbreak of, you know, swine flu or a batch of murder hornets that forced the stadium to be... Emptied? No. No. Baseball has this cockamamie, you know, seven-inning doubleheader thing this season to account for any sort of COVID calamity. And so it was – this game was seven innings. It was not meant to be a nine-inning game, a seven-inning regulation game. In fact, it goes down in the Major League Record books as a a complete game, even though it's seven innings. But because it wasn't nine innings, officially he doesn't have a no-hitter, Madison Bumgarner. Not that he needs one, but he doesn't have one. Right. Stink, stank, stunk. If it's a complete game and he pitched as many innings as he was allowed to pitch, I mean, he could have called everybody out and said, let's go two more innings just for yucks. I got a no-hitter going. But he pitched the entire game. It wasn't ended prematurely by rain or anything else. It was a regulation, seven-inning, complete game, according to Major League Baseball. But because they say a no-hitter or a perfect game has to be nine innings – for it to count, he doesn't really have a no-hitter. But I will tell you here, on the honchos, and right here in Germantown, Maryland, from my kitchen table, that's my table being knocked on right now. Even as we speak, he has a no-hitter. Galarraga has a perfect game. Madison Bumgarner has a no-hitter. I don't care what anybody says. It's a no-hitter. It's baseball's fault that it was seven innings, not Madison Bumgarner's. Not the rain, not Hornets. Not, you know, plagues, but Major League Baseball's. Another feather in the dunce cap of Commissioner Rob Manfred. Absolutely horse shit. Yes, the fact that he doesn't have a no-hitter is absolute horse shit. Mad Bum got a bum deal. He did. Hey, nice job. That should have been the headline in the Arizona Papers. Madison Bumgarner got a bum deal. Do, 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 do. Excellent. Well done. Well said, Mr. Cuny. And those of us who support you supporting small causes, salute you. Thank you. I, you know, it, it's easy to have a big cause, but I use this platform for the small causes that nobody cares about. That's right. Except me. Except you. And Except I stand me. here and have to listen to them. All you right. Do. What about uh, Mr. Otani out there? You want to wrap up a tight bow on the baseball here? I just want to say that even though 
You always you know, just want to say, just say it. You're right. I'm sorry. It's my verbal crutch. I apologize on behalf of everybody <sighs> in America. Shohei Otani is not getting the love that he should be getting. I know Fernando Tatis Jr. is is the flavor of the, the year. Let's face it, most exciting player in baseball by some accounts. Making that San Diego-Los Angeles rivalry a real thing, his battle against uh, – Trevor Bauer was epic, and anytime Trevor Bauer looks like a fool is okay with me. He's a nice guy now, though. He's saying nice things about people who hit home runs off him. He's okay now. Apparently so. But Shohei Otani, 2018 AL Rookie of the Year, missed all of 2019, all of 2020. You know, I had some Shohei Otani at my favorite sushi place there two weeks ago. Fantastic. So now we've offended another country. Nice job. But it doesn't begin with the letter C. Anyway, he doesn't have... The, you know, his stats aren't going to blow anybody away. But remember, he's pitching and hitting, not pinch hitting or throwing a couple innings of relief. He's a starting pitcher and a designated hitter. And the other day, he made history by being the first person in many years to lead the first pitcher to since 1921 to lead the major leagues in home runs and be this on the same day as he's a starting pitcher in a regulation game. First pitcher since, that's right, perhaps you've heard of him, uh, a lad from Baltimore City Uh-oh. by the name of George Herman Ruth. It was the last time a pitcher took the mound while also leading the league, the major leagues, in home runs. Of course, when Ruth did it in 1921, he had 19. When Shohei Otani did it, he had seven. But still, he did it in June. Otani's doing it in April. So right now he's got a one. He's one and zero with a three point two nine ERA, twenty three strikeouts in twenty eight innings, I believe he's pitched. So he's quitting himself nicely as a pitcher. He's already gone through his Tommy John surgery, so his career now can take off as a pitcher. And Madden, Joe Madden, the manager of the Angels, isn't afraid to use him in both capacities. You know, and he's not. He's no slouch at the plate. Right now, his his slash line is 300 batting average, 341 slugging and uh, 341 on base percentage, slugging of 675, 18 RBIs, 17 runs scored. He's sixth in the American League in RBI, fifth in runs. I'm sorry, fifth in the majors in runs, sixth in the major in RBI. We don't talk about him because he's not as flashy, not as productive in terms of with the bat as Fernando Tatis Jr. He's not as... Not as much of a showman, pardon the pun, as Fernando Tatis. But we don't want to sleep on this guy because, again, he's fragile. So we don't know how much more of this season he's actually going to play, going pitching and hitting. So we need to enjoy him now. We need to respect what he's doing now because it's quite impressive what he's doing with the bat and on the mound. How do you listen to yourself? What do you mean, how do I listen to myself? prop this guy up, talking like he's the greatest thing in the world. And then you say he's fragile? He is fragile. I mean, if he hears this, he's going to be offended. Oh, he's not going to hear it. He's going to hurt his feelings. He's not listening. So he's fragile. He wants... So all that He stuff is fragile. Is... He is fragile. He's played, you know, well, he I mean, that couldn't be fragile. Win. He won the other night, uh, his first win since uh, 2018. So what are you saying, Cuny? Is he the best? You think he's is he the best? best? Is he the I'm best? I'm saying he's is somebody he? we should is be he? watching. He should is be getting... He? Better than all the rest. Woohoo, Otani! Kenny loves 
this guy. But he's fragile. You know who else is fragile? Tina Turner fans. They're fragile. I don't know any of them. You know what else is fragile? My ego. <laughs> All right, maybe not fragile. Maybe fragile is not the right word. But he has an injury history. And he already has a blister on his non-throwing hand. Oh, you meant fragile in the injury. Oh, I see. I took it the wrong way. I thought you meant like emotionally. He no, was no, no, no. I have no person. idea if he's fragile emotionally. That's why I'm I played Santina Turner to, oh, you know, to no. lift his spirits. No, my I, apologies. I apologize I'm sure he's tough there. as nails. I'm How sure did I misread that? Sorry. <laughs> sure, he's tough as nails, but... We never know when he's gonna when the next injury is gonna strike, and it you know. So enjoy him now. While he's the best, simply the best, and Mr. I didn't Jones say he's the best. Oh, okay. I'm just right. saying we should not be ignoring the fact that he's making some history. Not all right. We are now so. exiting the baseball fields because it's time. Oh, for some more yes. National Mediocrity League news in the off season. I'm getting sick to my stomach having to talk about the NFL right here on the Sports Honchos. How's everybody doing out there? Did you know that the draft is tomorrow? You must yes. all be excited. Oh, That's, my it's, goodness. It's, it's, it's my Hanukkah. Uh, let me just start by saying, oh, see, I did it again. Okay. We'll lead off the NFL recap with this. Here's your Deshaun Watson update, your weekly Deshaun Watson update. And that is there's no news on that front. Surprisingly quiet because the NFL probably said it's our draft week. So whatever's happening, keep it to yourself until after the draft. So no Deshaun Watson update. There you go. Nothing really? has happened in that case. Yes. Now, no, a little bit. Not even a little bit. No, you can play the theme song, but there's nothing I got, happening. I got the Deshaun Watson theme song ready. You got nothing for me? No, there's nothing happening. Really? No. Nope. Oh. Right. But Sean Watson is still a creep. Okay. Allegedly. Back to the I'm sorry. I'm, I'm disappointed. Go ahead. So tomorrow is my Hanukkah, sort of. You, do you get dressed up like all the other guys do? The other grown men? No, do you get you dressed up what? in your you jersey? I, I, I wish I had, I had thought about bringing it. Hold on. Let me see if you can see this picture. That's right. Nobody else can see but Paul. Ugh. I will try to describe this to you, ladies and gentlemen. Take a look at that bad boy. Uh, you gotta right. move it. Uh, you gotta yeah. move it over a little more. No, the other way. The other way. The other way. Keep going. Keep going. No, this way. There you go. Now, okay. Oh no. You know, <laughs> would you, certain, like, you know, would you like it, to describe? I thought it was Snuffleupagus there from uh, from an angle. It looked like yeah. Snuffleupagus from uh, Sesame Street. That is an official starter jacket and a Redskins. That's right, Redskins. Old school. You're not allowed to say satin. that. You're not allowed to say official, old school? No, oh, it's an official old school satin Inflammatory, derogatory, former name of the team. Sorry. Racist uh, name of the team. My my girlfriend's neighbor got his hands on that jacket. Didn't want it because he's a Cowboys fan, I think. Not Definitely not a Wolfskins fan. So he said to burn. Grace, he said, hey, your boyfriend likes this team. You think he'd want it? And I... Could not have been happier. So tomorrow, yes, I will be wearing that jacket in 80-degree weather, sitting in my house, watching Yeah, the you draft. better not wear it outside in public. I'll tell you that much. Well, I'm going to proudly wear it outside in public. Oh, you but, better not. But late at night when nobody's around. So <laughs> the draft is tomorrow. 
The draft is a crapshoot. There's a million draft experts that will tell you, here's all the picks from 1 to 259, whatever it is. Let me get a long concerto ready for this. Oh, I'm not going to give you my – I'm just going to tell you this. that. Oh, you're going to name all the guys in the draft. No. After the first two picks, everything else is a crapshoot. Jacksonville will get Trevor Lawrence from Clemson unless – Urban Meyer decides to pull a surprise. But since Trevor Lawrence is studying the Jacksonville Jaguars playbook, I guess that means he's going to the Jaguars. Then the Jets will screw up another career by taking Zach Wilson. (laughs) Well said, Mr. Cutie. I like that. Another quarterback will go into the wood chipper that is the New York Jets, and they'll be stuck in mediocrity forever. So true. Uh, The 49ers have traded up. They'll take Mac Jones or Trey Lance, probably Mac Jones. And then – Starting with the Atlanta Falcons with the fourth pick, it's all a crapshoot. Do they take Kyle Pitts and try to win now? Do they take a quarterback and say, we're going to start rebuilding and say bye-bye to Matt Ryan? The Falcons are in deep guacamole when it comes to the salary cap, so who knows what they're going to do. Um, You've got three teams in the top ten, the Lions, the Panthers, the Broncos, that even though they have established quarterbacks, could be looking for quarterbacks. Will the Patriots trade up? To get a, the quarterback of the future since how much mileage does Cam Newton really have left? Who knows? All these things are questions. Will the Ravens, who picked up another first-round pick, trade the 27th and 31st pick to trade up higher in the draft? Who knows? Who All knows? these things are unknown. We know the first three picks. And then after that, the trades begin. Tomorrow, there should be some more trades coming down the pike of first-round, second-round swaps. That always throws the draft order into chaos and disarray. And that's the great thing about watching the draft is you really never know. You know the first pick generally, maybe the second pick. But no matter how many experts, how many mock drafts the experts put out, nobody knows anything until the bell sounds and the first and second pick are taken. Then the dominoes start to fall. So next week uh, in the third hour of the show, there'll be a, I'll do a complete seven-round review of every draft oh, pick. Oh, dear Lord. That's a solo uh, and show. I, and, and how I think, yeah, the draft honcho. Welcome to the sport honcho. How I think each player will do and, you know, what his career will be like and who's going to the Hall of Fame. So look for that next week, everyone. A special third hour of the shows. The candidate, Mr. Cooney, for you to do the draft special here on the sport of honchos. It will be a great time. And we will drink lots of beer. While we listen to you, give us a breakdown. Certificate. Oh, yes, I'm going to break down every hey, player. By the miles. way, where is it being held this year at the draft? In Cleveland by oh, Cracky. You know, that's going to be exciting. Like the Cleveland and Browns we, next year. I'd oh. be happy to know that uh, Roger Goodell will, be, will actually be hugging people again since the, it will be mostly a live event. Some virtual things, mostly live. Players being hugged, draft picks called in person. So that'll be fun. Um, the family of George Floyd has forgiven. Hold Mark on, Davis. I gotta change the music now. Hold on. Sorry, I got uh, two two serious stories. Can't be playing that. I'm getting serious again now. Go. No, not so. Well, one is very serious. Bad. This one. Sorry, you remember last week we talked about the Raiders coming out with that tweet that said, I can breathe. 
for 2021. Well, it wasn't the Raiders. Like, you got to clear, clarify this. Well, it, it wasn't was, the it entire was, it was Raider the organization. Twitter. It wasn't the Raider players. It wasn't the Raiders staff. And it wasn't the Raiders fans. It was or Raiders Twitter. But, but owner Mark Davis took full responsibility for it. And who knows if that's really what happened, but he took responsibility for it. The family of George Floyd um, supports and thanked the Raiders for putting out that tweet. So hopefully that puts to bed all the hand-wringing and teeth-gnashing about whether or not the Raiders should have done that. I still say, even if the Floyd family is behind you, if you're unsure whether this tweet is appropriate, the best thing to do is to just put it aside. If you have any, if you're unsure about something, that's a hint that you're being told by your own psyche that this is not the right thing to do. Again, it ended well. The Raiders still shouldn't have died. Um, the other story I have for you is... Um, a sad one. No, we didn't lose any football players. As far as I know, again, the show was not over yet. So yes, there's always knock a on wood for losing the Hall of Famers. You remember the the dominating 1986 Chicago Bears or 85 Chicago Bears? Excuse me. Sure do. They went, they went 15 and one and then crushed the before the Patriots were the Patriots. The, uh, had the those Bears great old uniforms. Forty. I love those old, with with uh, Patriot Pete. Yes. In his three-point stance. Bring those days back. Well, they used to have a throwback. No, but with, I mean, uh, bring the... I mean, they started the tradition of losing again, so we want to keep that going on up there. Bring back the losing uniform, the Steve Grogan era uniforms. And, I, and you know, to all my New England fans out there, I kid. I'm a kidder. He is a kidder. So, anyway, they beat the, they beat the Patriots 46-10 to 10 in what, at the time, was the biggest Super Bowl drubbing in history. And that team won because their defense was, by many accounts, the greatest defense ever assembled, at least the in one greatest. season. The greatest. The greatest. The greatest defense. And now one of them, one of the stalwarts, one of the keys to that defense, Steve McMichael, uh, has been diagnosed with ALS. And it's just, uh, it's a reminder, speaking of fragile, of how fragile life is, and no matter, and Steve McMichael was one of the more outspoken members of the team, one of the best personalities, Extremely funny. If you've ever heard him on radio or on TV, he's got a great sense of humor. His teammates nicknamed him Mongo, horribly incorrect, after the character in Blazing Saddles. Um, and, he, and he embraced that name. He embraced life. He embraced Telegram Chicago. Telegram for Mr. Fact, Mongo. He what? Telegram oh, yeah. for Mr. Mongo. No, it's Candygram. Oh, Candygram candy for Mr. Mongo. Mongo. Mongo like candy. Don't you get all anal on uh, Blazing Saddle uh, lines, okay, on me, Mr. Cooney. That's another show. You said anal and Blazing Saddles in the same sentence. That baked bean scene is one of my favorites. I see what you did there. So uh, just to give you an example of what his sense of humor is like, he played for the Bears for most of his career. In his last season in 94, he went to play for the Packers, the Green Bay Packers, the hated rival of the Chicago Bears. But he told people the only reason, the only reason that he signed with the Packers was just to steal their money and whoop their ass again in practice. So not to fear Bears fans. I just did it for the money and to beat up on Packers some more before I retired. Interesting. So anyway, he has, he's 63 years old. Um, he's had ALS for a couple months now. Well, he's been in a wheelchair for a couple months. And they just diagnosed him with ALS and, you know, thoughts and prayers to Steve McMichael and his family. Um, life is short, everyone. Life is short. So 
Go out there, have some yucks. Don't worry about the small And we're not things. just talking about people who are vertically challenged. It's, it right. truly is short. We're not. So. But life is not too short to listen to high-quality podcast entertainment like this one. That's correct, Amundo. And that's all I got for uh, for this week on the old NFL. We can save the rule changes and uniform stuff. Yeah, they're doing that in the Pioneer League first, though, right? Right. <laughs> trying the, NFL, the NFL new rule changes will be tested in the Pioneer League. In the Pioneer in League. In boot copper. Boot no. copper. Good old butt copper. Scary. Uh, you know, you don't want to talk about the, the earth-shattering news about uh, Monday Night Football on ESPN? Just that they're, uh, yeah, they're, they're keeping the, the, the band together. They're Who keeping cares, the band together. man? Why do you Monday even have that on my sheet here? Who cares about that? What? Who cares what did about you say? that? Who cares, Who cares about that? About the Monday Night Football booth? Yeah. I, I, it's, I'm, I care about it because I'm, I'm angered that they're staying pat with Riddick and Greasy and Steve Levy. I thought Steve Levy was going to go Please, and Steve do Levy alone. Mr. But I'm saying, I thought he was going to go do hockey where he belongs. He still might. Oh, look at you where he belongs. What do you mean by because that? Because he does a great job on hockey. He was the voice. He and Barry look Melrose. Look at you. And Stay Bucci out Bros. of my football broadcast. Oh. He's better at hockey than he is at football. Says That's who? A compliment. Says me. And he's one of my people. So don't, you know, try the anti-Semitism yeah, well, talking Anyway. You're going to have to record an apology to Mr. Levy over there. I think he's great on hockey. Not everybody can do everything. Look, they're keeping the booth intact. It's kind of a snoozer of a booth. There's nothing extraordinary about it. What I want to know is, because they're moving, the, they, the season opening doubleheader on Monday Night Football is being moved to week 18, to a Saturday doubleheader. Are they going to keep uh, the college guys, Fowler and Herb Street, to do the second game of the doubleheader? with the Levy, Riddick, and Greasy Booth doing the other game. That's what I want to know. Because that's the best of all of ESPN's pro football coverage and analysts. Those guys are the best. I know they do college. But the college season will be over. Let them do a couple games. Let them do with the doubleheader still. Keep them in the rotation. And I'm sad, by the way, they're doing away with the opening Monday night doubleheader. Oh, two games on a no. Monday night. But, hey, Why? we get two games on a Why? Saturday at the end of the season. Dude, they're going to go seven games a week soon. That'd be nice. Yeah. I can handle says that. Says you. I can handle that. So, yeah. Sure yawn, yawn City on uh, the new booth. Yeah. All right. Hold on. I'm holding. Oh. What? Driven deep to left field. What's that this? ball is gone. Oh. See ya. See ya. Caught in a hat. Oh. A three-run home run. It is 5-0 oh. Oh, Yankees. Oh, man. That was early in the game. The Do we have a score Express right now is it's 7-0 now. Sorry. That's it. Hey, they're up by a touchdown. I got 13 seconds. So, who's that? Right. Who's the dude with all the long hair with the hat on his head in, in Baltimore? Who's that guy? There's so many of them. Oh, he doesn't even know. Doesn't even know, folks. I'm sorry that I don't, I don't pay attention to the hairstyle. Hey, as a guy with no hair, I don't pay attention to people's hair. All right. All right, Mr. Cooney. Well, I think we've come to the end of our broadcast here. This 30th episode, should we just, before we wrap things up with the DOTW here, let's let's reminisce on this 30th episode. And uh, what do you think so far was the best moment of this this 30th episode here this evening? The best moment? Yeah. 
think it's the fact that we even got the show off the ground. For me, that's the best moment. Because <laughs> we were having, through no fault of anyone's, that's, technology that's, that's is mean. undefeated. That's Humans mean. versus technology, we always lose. But Paul did a great job of fixing it on the fly. So, And I enjoyed my one take, no breath taken rant about LeBron James. And, of course, insulting Canada and China. Those are the highlights for me. They were excellent. Oh, by the way, where's the birthday cake? It's our 30th birthday. Where's the cake, as Abe Poland once said. That's well, a very unfortunately, reference. Due to the fact that me and you are in two different cities. Um, you could have sent me a cake. But I do have you this sent the You could have sent Domino's robot pizza car to bring me a cake. <laughs> I got this for you. Okay? For our 30th episode. Now and forever. Me and you, buddy. You Sick. Are part of me. And the memory cuts like a now I want everybody to shift back to the left and the right. Hey, grab somebody you love. Put your hands in the air. No sort of well. Wave them like you just don't care. Drive home safely, everybody. Now Thank you for coming to the Now and forever. On the 30th episode of the Honchos. Think about all the words between us. Between me and Mr. Cutie. That never needed to be spoken. We had a moment. Just one Just moment. Just one moment. That will last beyond a dream, beyond a lifetime. We're building something here. We are, we are building something here. It's going to be magical. We don't know when. It's already we are building it. So, ladies and gentlemen, everybody who joined us here for our 30th episode, we uh, we thank you from the bottom of all hearts. Or from the heart of our bottoms. Yes. But we thank you. And your boots copper. Yes, which is itchy. Carol King, she's a legend. She wrote this for she us. Is. She did. We, we were, we were going to tell you, we were trying to be humble about it, but yes, Carol King reached out to us and said, I'd love to write a song for you. <laughs> well, she wrote this years ago. She said, hey, you guys well, can she use knew. it tonight. She knew. She knew that. She goes, some of go. you guys are going to need this song. I miss the I miss the I miss the laughter. I miss the laughter. I miss the day we met. And of episode 29. I'm missing, I'm, I'm missing my bedtime now. Oh. Let's, let's, kill, let's, let's kill the Carol King, please. Oh. Man, the old man yes. in the river and the sea down there in Maryland. Oh, terrible. I mean, I All could right. listen to Carol King for hours, but I know. couldn't. I couldn't. I, I, you know, a little bit, but not not for hours. I'm a fan. With that said, it's time for the dope of the week. Dope of the week. That's now, awesome, dude. If Carol King could just do the theme song for Dope of the Week, then we'd be. We'd be going places. All right, so the Gags Gang and I, as you know, still spend countless hours each week in the basement of the Ghost Sports Media Complex to come up with each week's winner. And you, you can. Perhaps we have no reward save for our undying respect and gratitude. Help pilot the show by nominating a Dope of the Week yourself. Use the hashtag DOTW on Twitter. You know the places to go. At Cuthbert Live, at Bitter and Rage, at Sports Hunt Shows, at Ghost Sports Media Co. And who? We'll be carrying the mythical sports honchos dope of the week cup around the ice rink of shame this week. Why 
Jorge Masdevall, welterweight MMA fighter. Way to go, Jorge! And first, let me say out of pure self-preservation that Mr. Masdevall is a wonderful human being with limitless potential. I respectfully dole out this award and please do not kill me. Okay, on with the skewering now. <laughs> Masvidal is a 36-year-old fighter for Dana White's Ultimate Fighting Championship, which is the largest mixed martial arts organization in the world. Although he has been a decorated UFC fighter since 2013, he has never won a championship. His record is 35-15 and 15, with 16 wins by knockout, 2 by submission, which sounds incredibly creepy, and 17 by decision. He is also known as Gamebred. Why Gamebred? Here is the explanation by Masvidal himself. Uh, game means the ability to fight through pain and fatigue. It's not about how high your skills are or if you're good, bad, or world champion. Bread is just you being a pit bull and another pit bull. You bred a pit bull, you know. I don't understand that last part. What he was saying there, I got nothing. I understand the game part, but the bread part, is he saying his mom and dad are pit bulls? Or some other singer to whom I bear a passing resemblance? Nobody knows. On July 11, 2020, Masvidal and Nigeria's Kamaro Usman fought in UFC 251. Usman won by decision, and after the decision after the fight went the full five rounds. Despite losing, Masvidal was emboldened after the loss. Originally, the fight was to have taken place between Usman and Gilbert Burns, but Burns tested positive for COVID a week before the fight. Masvidal agreed to step in at the last moment and, without much training, Went the distance with Usman. Although he lost, Masvidal was not hurt or knocked down by Usman. Not too shabby. Now we fast forward to April 24th, 2021, and Usman and Masvidal were set for a rematch at UFC 261 in Florida. Masvidal was interviewed on April 19th for UFC Countdown, a preview of the upcoming UFC 261. Masvidal was asked about Usman and UFC 251. Masvidal had the opportunity to talk about how he went toe-to-toe with the champ, before finally succumbing in the fifth round. However, instead of being satisfied with showing off a solid performance on his part, Masvidal, channeling his inner Juju Smith-Schuster, past winner of the DOTW, decided to throw a little shade to do his mom's way and hit it. I will. And hit it. He hits not hard at all. He's one of the softest hitters I've ever been in front of, period. God didn't bless him with that man, you know, he could hurt another man with his fist. It must suck to, to live that life. So, at, at the rest of that quote was, the game in both of us is way better in game, I mean, the ability to fight through pain and fatigue. This guy is not a mean person. Ouch. Now, perhaps he was kidding. Perhaps he forgot the laughing emoji at the end of that message or the always handy JK. Maybe he thought no one actually watched UFC Countdown. Whatever the reasoning, Masvidal thought nothing of repeatedly kicking this live hornet's nest. Well, you can guess the rest. Whereas Masvidal hung in for five rounds in UFC 251, he was knocked out cold, like unconscious cold, one minute into the second round by Usman. Not bad for a soft hitter who cannot hurt a man with his fists. I guess he can hurt a pit bull, though, right, Jorge? Usman did not just win. He dominated. Masvidal was knocked out for the first time in his career, and he was laid out like a sack of potatoes in front of his family and friends. The fight was in Jacksonville. Masvidal is from Miami. So he invited the whole mishpucha 
to see the fight, although I highly doubt that anyone actually used the word mishpucha. Uzman did everything to Mazdaval except take his lunch money and have sex with his mother. Oh! Now look, I am all for trash talking. You went there! But what are you thinking, my friend? Not only is Uzman younger, but he is the reigning welterweight champion with a record of 19-1. and This was his fifth defense of the title and his 14th win in a row. Nine of those 19 wins were by knockout. Perhaps in the future, he will steer clear of any trash talking that challenges the manliness and mental toughness of championship fighters with better records. So, Jorge Masvidal, for sadly having the toughness as well as the common sense of a pit bull, for giving yourself a nickname that even you cannot explain, and for not remembering that sports karma is undefeated and is never a soft hitter, you are the Sports Honcho's Dope of the Week. Congrats, Jorge. Your certificate is in the mail. And now this might be the last show that I ever do if he hears this. Please don't kill me. Way to go, Jorge! I know Cutie's address! I know what it is. 600 Pennsylvania Avenue. I know what it said. Woohoo! That happens a lot these days. Big mouths getting their uh, teeth is knocked out. Soft hitter, not very manly, not mean. Uh, What's the point? What are you you thinking? By the way, after he beat you once before. So, and uh, by the way, if if you, for those of you out there, you should search the, uh, the knockout blow on YouTube and just listen to the announcers, how overjoyed the announcers were because, you know, one minute to the second round, they're announcing the fight as normal, and then they just go knucking futs um, when he gets knocked out. Again, unconscious. And to Masvidal's credit, he was a gentleman afterwards, admitted defeat, admitted he didn't take him seriously, admitted he was unprepared, but still, come on. You can't trash talk a guy. And they get knocked out cold a minute into the second round. Nice hat and sunglasses there, uh, General MacArthur. You can't, you can't see... <laughs> You can't see Paul, but he's wearing a hat and sunglasses right out of the General MacArthur book of fashion. <laughs> All he's missing is the corncob pipe and standing, you know, in knee-deep water. And, uh, I shall so, return! I yes. shall return. Well, you can say that Jorge guy, uh, he, um, he had a moment. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm having a moment now. <laughs> I'm having a movement. Ah, uh, too much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. 30th episode, 30th dope of the week. And these are milestones, ladies and gentlemen, that we're reaching here at the Sports Honchos. We want to thank all of you guys for coming along with us. We appreciate it. For everybody who was waiting for us to go live at 7.30 p.m. Eastern tonight, we apologize. Uh, we have to push things back a half hour. Now, I've got to wrap things up because Rob's got to get out of here. He's got to go because... He just had a movement. I have to drink some more milk, have some prune juice, tuck myself into bed in my footy pajamas with my big night, my nightcap with the ball on the end of it. It's going to be great. And he'll be tweeting that out later. Listen, we thank you all seriously for being with us for 30 episodes. Here's to 30 more and then some. Uh, We do appreciate you listening. Buddy, I can't wait. I can't wait till you say 30 years. 30 years. Good Lord. Listen, I'm not buying any. I buy. I don't buy any green bananas at my age. So I'm certainly not going to plan out 30 years from now. But hey, if we're could still you doing imagine show that show, buddy? You what? Could you imagine that show? Oh, where we would we be? Where's your favorite? Live from Ingleside. It's the Sports Honchos. 
I love it. All right. Uh, thanks so much out there for uh, following, subscribing, spreading the news. So, for myself, Paulie, Mr. Cuny, please say goodnight to the folks. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. As always, we love you. We appreciate you. We can't do 30 or 3,000 episodes without you. Hey, be safe out there. Be nice to each other. And as always, peace. Hot shows out, baby! Woo!